Welcome to the Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of the Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with angels watching over us as we pick up in Psalm chapter 91, verse 10. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. That time, Firestone Boulevard was the way into Los Angeles, the three-lane highway. And during the war, gas rationing and just very few cars on the road at night. You can't, living here now, you can't believe how it was then. We were way out in the country near Buena Park. when the motor died on his car. And so we pushed, popped the clutch and everything else, tried to get the thing going, pushed it for, oh, I guess four or five blocks. And there was a little gas station that was there. And so he said, I think it's a coil. It's, I mean, I think it's a condenser or something. And he didn't know anything about mechanics, but anyhow, we went into this uh, service station, an old man in there, and he had a big, mean police dog, and he wasn't very friendly and didn't have any, you know, parts or anything. So we were tired of pushing, and so we decided we'd turn the car around, head it back towards Santa Ana, and then we'd wait for a car to come along, and we'd flag it and ask them. We'd tell them we were having a hard time getting it started, but they'd give us a shove. And we figured we'd just leave it in neutral and let them shove until they got tired. <laughs> and then we'd wait for the next car to come. <laughs> and man, we were way out in the country, and there's no way to get home. So we were sitting there talking and all, talking about how, you know, we'd get this car and, you know, and all this kind of stuff and all excited about, you know, the prospects of buying this hot little Ford. And so after a while, five minutes or so, a car was coming down the road. And so he jumped out so he could flag the car. And, you know, I just slipped over to the driver's side and I hit the starter once more and the thing fired up. So he ran around and got in on the passenger side. He says, well, you got to go on. Let's go. So we took off for Santa Ana, got back to Lee's drive-in out there on Manchester and stopped and got a Coke and hamburger, saw a bunch of kids from high school. So we started on then down to my house. And as we turned off on Flower Street, we were getting near Santa Clara and he said, hey, your parents aren't expecting you home. I said, nope. He said, my dad doesn't know we're coming. He said, so why don't we just turn around and go back up to Glendale? Because it doesn't matter what time we get to my dad's house, you know. Your mom's not expecting you home anyhow. I said, why not? <laughs> so he started to pull a U-turn there on Santa Clara, and the car died again. <laughs> and simultaneously... Three tires blew out. <laughs> Just pop, pop, pop. I mean, we were dead. I lived up on North Broadway at the time, so we just walked down to my house and got on my bike, and I rode him on my bike over to his house and got home. 
And before we could go up to Glendale again, we had sort of parted company and given up on the little Ford idea and just let it pass. About a year later, there was a knock on our door and I answered it and the guy introduced himself and showed me a ID and he said, I'm with the FBI, I'd like to talk to you. I said, sure. He said, what do you know about some typewriters up in Glendale, adding machines? <laughs> I said, well, all I know is that I was headed up there one night to get some with this fellow. And I said, but we had car trouble and we never made it. He said, you can thank your lucky stars you had car trouble. And he stole them from some government place and felony and so forth. And when he told me the story, I said, well, I'm not going to thank my lucky stars. I'm going to thank my angel. <laughs> and suddenly I got a picture of that angel holding the coils and getting a shock, stopping that stupid car, you know. Then popping the tires as he left just to make sure we wouldn't go anywhere. <laughs> I'm convinced. You can't, you can't convince me others. I'm convinced the angel of the Lord was watching over me. Interesting thing, when I got back in the house at home, my mom was out in the living room praying. She said, oh, son, I'm so glad to see you came home tonight. She said, I was really worried about the trip. I just didn't feel right about it, and I've just been praying for you. Of course, I didn't know at that time. I said, well, thanks, Mom, you know, but I didn't know at that time the full story. But, oh, I'm certain that there, when we get to heaven, we're going to learn a lot of things that we were spared from. <laughs> And may, maybe at the time we looked at it as, as bad luck or misfortune or, oh, man, you know. And yet God was watching over. God was keeping us. He shall give his angels charge over thee to bear thee up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. For thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Now, we have a change of voice in verse 14. In the change of voice, we have God's response now. The psalmist has been declaring the advantages and the blessings of living in a certain place. In the secret place of the Most High, making God your dwelling place. Now God responds to that whole idea. And God says, because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. God's glorious response to that person who is dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. Because you've set your love upon God, God said, this is what I'm going to do for you. Deliver you. Set you on high. I will answer you. 
I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver and honor you. Praise the Lord. Psalm 92 is a psalm for the Sabbath day. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. To show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. It's just a good thing to praise the Lord in song. To just show forth the loving kindness of God. Every morning, start the day with a song. Every evening, end the day with a song. <laughs> of the faithfulness of God. Lord, you've watched over me. You've kept me all through the day. Upon an instrument of ten strings, upon the psaltery, upon the harp, with a solemn sound. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man does not know, neither doth a fool understand this. But when the wicked spring as the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. My father for years, was a sales engineer for the Southern Counties Gas Company when we were growing up in Ventura. And life in the home of a salesman during the Depression years was feast or famine. Dad had a lot of sales, good commissions. We had, you know, we, had, we feasted. When the sales weren't so good, then it was tight around the house. But fortunately, my dad was a super salesman, and the Lord really blessed him in his sales. And he was a super salesman for the gas company, but also for the Lord. He was a super witness for Jesus Christ. Always witnessing. Wherever he'd go to sell a refrigerator, stove, or whatever, he'd, he'd always leave a witness for the Lord. He was coming towards the end of the month, and he had an had any sales that month. And he'd been up in Ojai trying to close a deal, and it didn't close. And he was riding home in the car and not knowing really what to do because where are we going to get the money for the month's bills and so forth because there will be no commission, just the salary this month, and he couldn't live on the salary. And my father was a very emotional-type person, he was capable of great highs and great lows. And he was very low at this point, very depressed. And he was looking out in the field. And he saw the cows out there just eating the grass. And he said, they look so contented, like they didn't have a worry in the world. They must have been carnation cows. But he said that he said to the Lord, Lord, it isn't fair. Here I am, your child. I'm your servant. And I'm so worried and so upset because I don't know how I'm going to be paying my bills. And look at those dumb cows out there. So peaceful, so contented, eating the grass, and the whole field is 
full of green grass. They've got all that they could ever want. And yet here I am. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Lord, it isn't fair that I should have to worry when I'm your child and those cows can have it so good. They don't have a worry in the world. And the Lord spoke to him and said, yes, but they don't have any future. And you have a future with me. The psalmist here declares, the brutish man doesn't know, nor does the fool consider or understand this, that when the wicked spring forth as the grass, when those workers of iniquity flourish, they're going to be destroyed forever. Don't be envious of them. Foolish to be envious of them because they're going to get wiped out. And so it is great folly to envy the wicked. So many times we, I think, are guilty of that. We look at the wicked and we think, Lord, you know, they seem to have everything they want and here I am trying to serve you and, you know, I've got all these problems and all. We don't take into consideration the end results, what the future holds, that they shall be destroyed forever. But thou, Lord, art most high forevermore. For lo, your enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish all the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of the unicorn and be anointed with fresh oil. The enemies of the Lord, they're going to perish. The workers of iniquity, they'll be scattered. But Lord, you'll exalt me. My eyes shall see my desire upon my enemies and my ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. When my dad got back to the office in Ventura, there were some people there looking at his stove. He went up to him and he said, you know, began to point out the features. They said, we want it. And he signed them up for the stove. And pretty soon some people came in, bought a refrigerator. And before the, the day was over, he had enough sales to provide great commissions, you know, for that month, and God just really took care of us in a very beautiful way. My father won the award several years running of the most outstanding salesman in the United States for the Servel Corporation. Won many awards for that. In fact, <laughs> we, he had a very interesting experience. He was out in the Miners Oaks area uh, had just signed up a customer for a new stove, refrigerator, and furnace, and uh, then started witnessing to the guy. And the guy was real antagonistic to the Christian witness and uh, got so mad, he began to curse my dad. He said, let me have the contract back, and he ripped up the contract. And he said, I don't know how the gas company can afford to hire fools, men that talk to people about Jesus Christ and all, and just really berated him. And, and um, so my dad came home and was discouraged, you know, coming home because you don't like to, you know, it's, it's hard to suffer reproach for Christ. When my dad got home, there was a letter there. He opened it up, and it was, congratulations, you've won, you know, first place in the United States again for Servile for the fifth year in a row, and this year, you know, we're going to send you to the San Diego, the World's Fair in San Diego and all expenses, and there's a 
check in there and everything else. So in fact, there was a picture and it was a $100 bill and it, let me be the first to congratulate you, you know, for what you've done. All these prizes. Well, there was a football game going that night and my dad said, come on son, let's go to the football game. So we headed for the football game and we were playing that night against a, a team and the, the stadium was just packed. We got there a little late. And way up towards the top, there were a couple of seats, so Dad and I made our way up there and we sat down. But as we were getting in, Dad looked, and right behind us was the guy that that afternoon had just cursed him. <laughs> and said, I don't know how the gas company can afford to hire fools and all. Dad had the letter still in his pocket, and so he just put... <laughs> handed the letter back to the guy, you know. <laughs> and the guy let out a few oaths and says, come on back tomorrow, Mr. Smith. I really do need that refrigerator and stove, you know. <laughs> oh, my eyes shall see my desire upon my enemies. My ears shall hear my desire, the wicked that rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. So, <laughs> it's an encouragement here. <laughs> the next part, I don't know, though. They shall be fat. <laughs> Just fulfilling the word, how can you help it, you know? <laughs> Fat and flourishing. <laughs> to show that the Lord is upright, he is my rock. There is no uncleanness, unrighteousness in him. The Lord reigneth. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength, wherewith he hath girded himself. The world also is established that it cannot be moved. Thy throne is established of old. Thou art from everlasting. From everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Here thou art from everlasting. The prophecy of Micah concerning the birth of Jesus, Bethlehem the birthplace. And thou, Bethlehem, though thou be little among the provinces of Judea, yet out of thee shall come he who is to rule my people Israel, whose going forth is from everlasting. Lord, thou art from the vanishing point. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, yea, than the mighty waves of the sea. Thy testimonies are very sure. Holiness becometh thine house, O Lord, forever. Psalm 94, O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongeth. Now, it's hard for us to remember that. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. So often we try to take vengeance ourselves against the evil that is done to us. So often we say or hear said, I'll get even with him, as though it is our place to take vengeance, but Lord God, vengeance belongeth to thee. <laughs> but he says, now show yourself and take vengeance, Lord. 
Lift up thyself, thy judge of the earth. Render a reward to the proud. Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked triumph? How long shall they utter and speak hard things? And all of the workers of iniquity boast themselves. They break in pieces thy people, O Lord. They afflict your heritage. They slay the widow and the stranger and murder the fatherless. Yet they say, the Lord shall not see, neither shall the God of Jacob regard it. Somehow there is that kind of feeling with those who are guilty of unrighteousness that God doesn't see. No fear of the Lord in them. They do not realize that though they may get by with it here, someday they are going to answer for those things that they have done. Vengeance belongs to God, and God is going to come in judgment to bring vengeance upon the workers of iniquity. But what fools they are, thinking that God doesn't see or that God doesn't regard what they are doing. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Psalms on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Psalm 91 through 94 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. And now may the Lord help you to assimilate that which we have studied. And may He bring to your remembrance those things which He has commanded. And may you be enriched in the knowledge of God and His will and His plan for your life. May the Lord be with you to bless you, to guide you, and may you be kept by that power of God through faith and trust in Him. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Lord, I believe in you. I'll always believe in you. It is by faith that you've been walking into one level of spiritual maturity to another. Faith is the key to a successful Christian life. That is why the Word of God tells us, without faith, 
it's impossible to please God. It was faith that led Abraham into the land of promise. It was faith that led the children of Israel through the Red Sea. It was faith that enabled Peter to step out of the boat and to walk on water. The question is, what might faith do in you? To order a copy of Pastor Chuck's book, Faith, or to preview a chapter for free online, visit thewordfortoday.org or call 800-272-9673.